Woohoo! Welcome to the Some Work All Play podcast. We are so happy to be here with you today. And this is episode 23. Episode 23. Wow, it feels like just yesterday we started this. But that's also our Michael Jordan episode. I know, the Jumpman episode. I went back and counted because I was like, this has been a while now. So it's been a great ride. We are so like astounded with the number of people listening and we're so thankful for you all. Um, we haven't mentioned our email in a while, which is someworkallplay at gmail.com, all one word. Um, email us with any questions you have. As you can see, we've really broadened out the scope of topics we talk about. I think part of it is like, if we're going to be doing this podcast for the next 60 years, we don't want to exhaust every training topic in the first like few months. I think we probably talk about training 20% of the time at this point, but it's been fun. I yeah, think yeah. I've really enjoyed it. And we promise we'll get more into that later. Um, and also while you're, while you're at wherever you get podcasts, ideally Apple subscribe and rate if you want, because I hear that that's a thing that podcasters ask. So while we're, uh, committing to this long term, we might as well ask for it. Too. I think we're on episode 23 and this is the first time that we've asked for readings. Um, I would say though, I would love if Apple podcasts could, could transition to the dog rate scale. So yeah. like if, if your dog could give like a 14 out of 10 rating for treats, that would be great. I know. Yeah. Only rate if you give good ratings, otherwise you can just like keep it amongst yourself. Actually, we don't really care. Honestly, I don't check that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've stopped doing that too. I think it's not a healthy thing. And I've learned through this podcast that this is that it's all about acceptance. So I'm learning as we go. And with that in mind, I also I saw a great tweet that describes kind of the mission statement for for this this podcast. And it's from comedian Guy Branham. Some comedians want to tell jokes that all the world can laugh at together. I want to tell jokes that will make nine women with graduate degrees feel skewered through the heart with a realization that they are not alone in this world. That's fantastic. It's such a great quote. And it kind of is what we hope to do with this podcast is like, yeah, we're going to talk about training because most of the people listening are athletes and we hope that, you know, we can give you some value there, but mainly we just want to talk and, and shoot the shit about life and at whatever's going on, including training, because like whatever you're going through, wherever you are, we promise you are not alone. Even if we don't share that, like we do share empathy for that and like have seen everyone go through everything at all times. And that's kind of what existence is right there. Well, it's been fun. I feel like in some sense, it's like one large dinner table conversation out there between like the listeners sending us questions and us answering them. Yeah. And it's like this COVID safe dinner table that is like taking the form of like all of my 2020 social interactions at once. And so it's pretty great. Yeah. And I, we've really loved the journey. It's astounding to us that you all are listening and we are so grateful for it. Um, so what we're going to talk about in like this big, in big old intro today is self-care going into winter 2021. Um, particularly like, I think everyone's starting to see these COVID numbers go up. And in that process, there's a little bit of this understanding that like, there is a great light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines, but like world might be a little bit different. And so Megan and I have been going through that a little bit too. And Megan had the ultimate nutritional breakthrough last week that I thought was like a classic one. Yeah, it's interesting. So I feel like I go through these points in life and it's, it's actually, it's a great reflection. Like I've talked about this before on the podcast where I think I had disordered eating in college and I certainly moved beyond that to the yeah. point where like, I don't really think at all about what I'm eating, which is a great thing. But the flip side of that is, is like, I'll just spend my day like walking into the kitchen and just like grabbing a bag of chips and eating on the couch and like doing random, probably not fantastic It's the best thing ever. With my nutrition. It's like the, like in the Titanic when they go down to the boiler room and they're just shoveling coal into the fire. That's uh, the the fueling strategy we often use in this house. Except the coal is cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. But so like I sometimes go through these periods where like, okay, I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to have like more fruits and vegetables. And almost always when I do that, I feel terrible in training. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And so I think sometime over the weekend, I was like, uh, heck with this. I'm going to go back to my cinnamon toast crunch diet. And it's, it's actually interesting because I think like as a kid, I was like, I just like eat whatever. Yeah. And I think like 
for a lot of people, like I think that's just entrenched in my genetics. And so when I do try to have these like like quote unquote clean fuel, you know, these like clean fuel yeah. moments, it I just is not great for my my performance. That needs to be a cinnamon toast, a general mills uh advertising strategy is like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, because your epigenetics demand it. Because if you eat this as a five-year-old, you've got to eat it as a three-year-old. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. Like, I need to eat well, like, chicken nuggets or whatever it is. And I, I assume that, you know, everyone is different. But, like, for us at least, not only is eating all that stuff really, 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 really fun, um, it also makes us feel the best. Megan had, like, a killer workout this morning. She just absolutely beasted on those hills. And as you were running that, I was like – Damn, that's some cinnamon toast crunch action. Oh, thanks. My mind was totally blank because that was not an easy workout. But I would say that like two minutes afterwards, I was like, yep, yeah, cinnamon toast crunch. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. And to, you know, on that workout this morning, when um, the workout plan was four by three minute hills, four by 45 second hills, and I was running it with Megan. So I didn't really have the dis timing in mind. I just had these distances run from this rock to the top of that hill over there. Um, and of course, on the on the last set of hills, the last four hills, she gets up and is like, her legs are, are just fully lactic. And I'm just like, oh, how was that? How was that? This is really, and she's like, it's really hard. So she does the next one, does the next one, does the next one. Absolutely rocks this workout. But time the last one, she's like, David, that was a 90 second hill. What are you doing? Well, it was actually, it was one of those moments that just like confirmed all of my past biases related to workouts yeah. because I put a lot of like trust into you over the years in the workouts. And I'm like, I wonder if I've actually been doing double all this time. I wonder <laughs> if that's been like the, the I think it's a answer. It's a mix of double and half. I don't know about the half. I think it's, I, I think like basically on some of your roots sometimes it's almost always over distance. the one problem with not using a watch um i've had a breakthrough too because we got a theragun last week we are not sponsored it we bought it um and honestly it's a life-changing thing so if you've never seen a theragun they're essentially these like two foot long vibrators that you then put against your legs. They come with a number of concerning pieces. As I know. Well. I'm like, what is this triangular piece used for? I think they started as a vibrator company that just dared to dream bigger. Actually, I would argue they're dreaming smaller in that case. Oh, they started a as a vibrator company. They should have just rolled with that. I don't know. I saw some of those attachments. They're dreaming pretty darn big. Um, but I was thinking that, you know, we're not traveling for Thanksgiving this year. And the only benefit of that is that I don't have to take the Theragun through TSA, have them turn it on and be like, sir, what is this for? Well, I've had some interesting TSA moments with the vibrating foam roller, which I've actually bought in chips before. And I'm like, I swear it's for my quads. <laughs> I had another moment where it was vibrating in the overhead bin. Oh and on gosh. the announcement, it was like, please remove the item that's vibrating in the overhead bin. And I was like, I'm going to be the one to stand up right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we do get back to social interactions, I'm going to be so unpracticed. It's going to be very weird. Um, yeah. And uh, on that note, um, we do want to emphasize that right now is a very weird time with COVID numbers. Like obviously everyone's aware that they are skyrocketing. And I think that this can put a lot of pressure on people, um, to, you know, either do what someone else is pressuring them to do, either it's family or to not do something they want to do. And I mean, Megan is in epidemiology. What I'll say before she says anything is like that wherever you are, this is, a big collective action issue and it's okay. Like do what you're comfortable with, be safe. And it's okay to put your foot down and not do something you're not comfortable with. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I study this as an epidemiologist and I still sometimes struggle to put my foot down just because that's not like the nature of the, yeah. like, the person I am. Like, I feel like I am so vulnerable to peer pressure and I've had to be that person recently in friend groups where I'm like, look, look guys, we can't come. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. you know, these COVID numbers are rising and I, I, it's, it's been a really like fascinating journey for me. Fortunately, my family has been great because they have yeah. a pressure on us, but it's really been like friends where I feel like, you know, I'm the one, but I think like as COVID numbers start to rise, like your friends, your families are going to start to unfortunately accumulate these like second degree COVID exposures yeah. or like have COVID. And I feel like 
if you are that like uncool person in the moment, you may be the cool person later on. Yeah, we've, you know, we get a very interesting cross section. So we see behind the scenes when people are getting symptoms and start to get it. And we definitely have seen an uptick and have seen an uptick in people that do wear masks and things too. So um, not to say that that's a statistically significant thing, just saying like, this is starting to be everywhere. And don't be scared, like don't rule your life in fear or whatever, but be safe and be cautious with that. Like, I think that's going to be really important now as the holidays come in and as cold starts. I was just going to bring up the point of Thanksgiving. We're personally doing a Thanksgiving, just the two of us. And I think it might be a little challenging. Like, you know, we're so used to having Friendsgiving or family over and it's like, okay, if Thanksgiving just feels a little bit different this year. But I saw this great quote, um, and this is by, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing the Mississippi State Medical Association president with this, big Thanksgiving dinners lead to small Christmas funerals. And that is a, That's a powerful brutal statement. brutal quote. That's a very brutal quote. But I think it's like, you know, it really like, if you are making safe choices this Thanksgiving, like that's a beautiful thing, even if Thanksgiving in the moment is hard because it may yeah. not be the same as- And that's not to say past. you can't see your family or have, it's just saying like, you know, if you start to have 40 person gatherings or whatever, statistically at this point, that will lead to, you know, some sort of exposure from someone. It might work out, but as we've seen with weddings, like you see these stories from weddings in Connecticut or whatever, it's like almost everyone turns into a super spreader event if like, you know, even one person comes in with it. And so, um, you know, do what you're comfortable with, like see your family if that's what you, if that's what you feel comfortable with. But if you don't, your family will understand eventually. I mean, I'm really confident in that, that looking back, people will understand and it's okay to, you know, make that uncomfortable decision in the moment, I think. And I think last point on this, for me personally, like once I've said no once in one yeah. situation, it actually becomes a lot <laughs> yeah. easier and I get like more and more empowered. I think it was like the first no that was hard or like the first time being like that only person to wear a mask in a small group. Because again, that's like something that can be awkward. And like, once you do that once, I think it does get easier. You got that nose swag now? Yeah, I got that nose I swag. I struggle with it too. I, I was just thinking about that, that like if someone asked me to come over right now, I would probably be like, okay. And then I would try to figure out how to get out of it later. Like I, I mean, I think we're all facing that, but anyone I think would understand, um, you know, unless they're just have totally different like worldview or understanding. Um, so yeah, a few other things as we're heading into this, this weird time up ahead. Um, you know, one thing that we both have found useful is to kind of segment the day a little bit more. Um, Megan's talked a lot about like signing on and off work. Segmenting the day for me has been so helpful. So typically I do start work at 5am. So like that's kind of like <laughs> unfair segmentation time, but like I make the hard rule of like no emails after 6pm just because it's like, that is like personal time. And otherwise, this whole work from home setup is just going to be like a work from home all the time sort of setup. Yeah. I actually saw this great quote in, I think it was like Glamour or Self Magazine, like one of those like crazy things that pops up on your desktop screen. And like, I happened to see this like nugget of wisdom and I was like, wow. <laughs> and it was alongside like 48 ways to like beautify your face. But it was the recommendation to mimic your commute time as you would pre-COVID. So like spend that commute time outside walking or going for a bike because like otherwise, like, you know, you're probably just going to reinvest that commute time into more work social media scrolling something and it's like actually like spend that commute time doing something like you know listen to a podcast get outside like enjoy it i love that i thought you were going to say 48 ways to like spice up your orgasm i was and then i like i actually had a moment like a brain freeze and i was like can i say that <laughs> yeah well the 49th way is the theragun um, <laughs> no and then also this is a great time to double down on mental health because like winter is coming as game of thrones said and um understanding that like you know, wherever you're at now, it's a good time to like use that as active practice. So we talked about therapy before. We actually were watching this amazing show on Netflix called Russian Doll. You should watch it. Um, the, the quote last night was, that's why therapists are important. Without them, we are very unreliable narrators of our own stories. 
that's beautiful. Actually, one of my athletes was telling me about this principle of narrative therapy, which I hadn't heard before. So it's like a therapist works with you on like constructing like what you think your narrative is Ah. compared to like just how you actually want to live life. And it's, it's like a fascinating, I'm probably describing that wrong, but it's like, I was so fascinated by it. Yeah. And to think that we all are in our own story that we are that, but we are unreliable narrators. Like whenever you watch Memento or something, a movie like that with an unreliable narrative narrator, you're so thrown off and you're totally out of space, but that's how we all are with ourselves. And I think we have like the same tendencies to narrate. Like I know like when I am my own narrator, it is like the most, it can be like a very self-judgmental story. It's like this protagonist is a piece of shit. She's (laughs) not worthy. And it's like, I like, talking to someone or like talking to a therapist like really helps me like get outside of that like that like propensity to narrate in that way yeah well i think the protagonist is fucking awesome um so you know also wrote an article last week on the science of antidepressants um basically long story short antidepressants work there's a 2018 review in the lancet that looked at every study ever conducted on antidepressant efficacy on 116,000 participants and found demonstrable benefit across the board. That doesn't mean it will work for you necessarily. It just means that scientifically, like it is a good way to, you know, when people are carrying around a weight vest that they can't take off to consider it. And there are no performance decrements for SSRIs. Like, in fact, like, um, you know, you'll get the studies. Some people actually improve performance, like if their motivation levels feel better and things like that. So it's something you can consider. And I think the other, the other related thing on that topic is, is that like not every antidepressant will work for someone. Like some people have to go through like trying four or five different antidepressants and also trying them. Like oftentimes there's side effects that occur at the start or like sometimes the, the, the like benefit that you get yeah. from the antidepressant is delayed. And so like you have to give it a couple of weeks. And so like, it can be a rocky process at the start. I've seen some athletes navigate that and just like, you know, being willing to kind of weather the storm initially may yeah. be, may be beneficial in the long term. That's so true. And it's a mental health journey and your journey is going to go through ebbs and flows. And the reason we're teeing this up is because, you know, this is not going to be the easiest winter for basically everyone. And so knowing that now you can take proactive steps. And when, when it happens, like, you know, the hard part of depression is that it feels like a weight fest that holds you down and makes it harder to move and harder to do these things. But like reach out, talk to people, talk, you can email us um, and, and let us know what you're going through. And we'll, we'll be there not as experts, but to try to tell you to get to some experts and things um, and just keep moving forward because that's where life happens. I think that's a really great point too, because I think I've seen so many athletes and so many people excited about like January 1st, 2021 as being this like mystical day of being like, oh my gosh, all the crap of 2020 is going to like disappear. Like we're going to be good now. And I think like, like there's so much hope going on in the world, but it's like, you know, you don't just like wake up one morning and like on some arbitrarily (laughs) defined set day and be like, the world is good now. So I think like we will have like, it's important to arm yourself with these resources as we head into 2021. Yeah. And on that note, um, you know, social media or internet media in general, these things that you're consuming, pay attention to how it makes you feel. Um, you know, we talk about this with athletes all the time. Like if you are seeing something on social media that actively makes you unhappy or gives you a negative emotion, just get rid of that. That doesn't mean that you hate a person by like muting it or blocking it or anything like that. It just might mean that it's not for you. Or just don't use it. Yeah, that's so a, like, a better option I personally probably. like Facebook to me, I don't know why, like Facebook has just kind of like disappeared out yeah. of my life. And I don't know why, like whether it was just like, like something that just happened or what? I think it's probably similar to why country music disappeared out of our life in like the 2016, because you see like Facebook caused like the world to almost collapse. So like, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's other things involved in these things we love. Um, But yeah, so like be aware of that. Um, Be aware of the media you consume. Like we're trying to watch a lot of really good shows right now. Like everyone else in the world, we recommend Queen's Gambit. Um, Podcasts are also great. Like do things that occupy your time in a way that like enriches your life. 
Um, and podcasts and, and things are a great way to do that. Yeah, I think for me, I think the biggest struggle that I've had during 2020 is is like just getting stuck within my own head because yeah. it's like I don't have the context of going to an office, of going to see people, of having these things that like get me, like force me outside of my own head. And I find that podcasts have been great for that. It's like I'll go into a podcast stressed about something really little and then I'll listen to like a podcast and it like just reminds me that like it just puts that into context of what else is going on in the world. I love Armchair Expert. Michael Gervais is great. Um, hardcore History is fantastic. Uh, that's kind of great on 1.5 speed. Yeah, yeah. Because, or like, even two speed sometimes. Two speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's um, impressive, David. The hardcore history on Supernova in the East just came out with the, I think, final episode of World War II on Japan. Very good. Um, you Made It Weird podcast we love. Conan O'Brien is amazing. In other words, like productivity, like, like let's say like you are doing something for work or for your family, all that. It's like, make sure you give yourself these other times where you can just spend time being. Um, for us, like, we like to be either in nature or on these things. We're not really like enlightened beings that can just like find peace doing nothing, like fully nothing. I thought you were going to say, we like to be on that like favorite spot of the couch that we both fight yeah. for. So we have this, we talked about the sun ginger on our live the other night. We had this like indentation in our couch and we like both fight for that perfect spot on the couch because it's the best place to just be. Yeah, I love it. And then the last thing is to give yourself some indoor exercise options, like preferably things that are really low like mental lifts that you can do without the big bundling up practice. If you're in a winter place, um, we've been very into Zwift recently. Okay, which is very into, you might be obsessed with Zwift. I'm a little bit obsessed. I'm, I don't think it's unhealthy yet. Like in terms of mentally. I think as soon as you get that bike that you're eyeing, what is it? The BNC uh, time machine? No, Dream it's machine? A, the Cannondale Evo. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm working up to buy a uh, bike in a fake virtual land, which is how you know how my 2020 is going. Um, so not, not the, not the best. But I'm really enjoying it. And the idea there and the reason I'm doing it, even though it's a pretty day to day, I'm going to ride on Zwift as like my little double because it's a low lift thing that I can do, listen to a podcast, get out of my own head, have fun um, and try to inject that play into like indoor exercise too. Zwift has really crushed the gamify world. Yeah. So gamify is like to me this like Silicon Valley term that I feel like is just like being thrown around with things like what are other Silicon Valley terms that I'm thinking of? Uh, synergy. I, that's been there for a Synergy's while. Synergy's been there a long time. Um, <laughs> I don't workshop this. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of scarred from Silicon Valley words in general. I know, but I wish, I, th I feel like with Zwift, I would love it if they if they like injected like coins and like, so for my hard rides, I would love like sessions where I can just like hammer on like a flat road. Actually, you came in the other yeah, day when I was doing a workout and I was like, go away, David. I was like, yeah, I need to focus. I came downstairs. So I was like, Megan's like, oh, come, come give me a quick bit of support later. So I came down and just halfway through a ride, she just sees me and says, get out. <laughs> and Actually, I was like, okay, I get a little it. Nicer. I said, like, go away. Okay. Yeah, go I feel away. like to me, that's a little nicer than get out. That is. Yeah. Um, Maybe. That being said, I fully understood. But for my easy rides, I would love to have like coins that I can like have it be like a virtual crash bandicoot where I can like grab coins and fight dragons and do all these things. So like Zwift engineers, if you are out there, maybe that would be possible. <laughs> so great. And so the big takeaway there is that wherever you are right now, you are sh that you are sharing that space with lots of people. Um, yeah, if you can't see the light, that's fine. If you can, let's try to laugh at this process. The world's going to look a lot different next year at this time. Let's get through it. Let's get let's enjoy as, as much as we can. Um, and we got this. Uh, you ready for topic one? Let's dive into it. So topic one is relationships. And we've actually gotten a ton of questions on relationships. And so we're going to take this question and start here and then just kind of launch with it. Yeah, see how it goes and like kind of an empty template. So I love let's it. Go. So this is the question from CM. I know it can be hard to navigate running training with a life partner who may have a different level of fitness or stoke. How do you guys manage it? Yeah. So basically we're going to take this into just a broader topic of relationships in general. And the, I think the first place to just say like, 
is that every relationship is different. Every one is different. Um, you know, we're talking about um, a straight, like male, female relationship. Like when you start introducing transgender people and non-binary people and all these other things, like things get complicated. And, um, but, but I know, think that com th those complications are beautiful. And yeah. that's like, that is part of the relationship. All relationships are complicated yeah, yeah. is what yeah. I'm trying to say really. And, but the, the specific complications might be slightly different, but I think at the, at the core, we're talking about human nature. I think the other caveat before we jump into this too, is, is that like, We've been together. We've been together almost 10 years now, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But I think like, over 10 years. Yeah. yeah, we're still learning a ton and we are by no means relationship experts. Like we don't have kids. Like I think kids introduce yeah. this totally new stress into relationships that challenge things again in a beautiful way. But like we haven't gone through that. And so like, you know, while we're talking about our relationship, like we're still pretty young. Yeah, in our relationship. this is not lecturing. We are learning all the time and we have a lot more to learn. And who knows, like where this will lie, but maybe, maybe it'll like spark some things in you and also hopefully make you feel like you're not alone because the place we're going to like really emphasize at the start is we have gone through a lot of difficult times, difficult times that you would never know from social media. And it's like, how do you write about that? Yeah, on I mean, social media? It's like, like to some sense, to some extent, like to our credit, it's like, you know, when you're writing a paragraph on social media, what are you going to be like, oh my gosh, like we really struggle. Like, I, I think we do that. Just like, we try to find humor. We try to like be real. We try to talk about that, but it's like, you also don't have the obligation to go pouring your relationship well, and there's just, on social media. There's no way to get all the context in, right? Yeah. Because and even on this podcast, like, you know, we have nine minutes to cover relationship issues and we're going to dive into it. But like, that's like, you know, 3% of the entire story. Yeah. And I think this really came to a head at the start of COVID um, when, you know, I, I was thinking about how, how this works with relationships and why relationships are so complicated. And I read a little bit from um, therapists before this. And like, what I like to think about is think about all the thoughts, the deepest, darkest thoughts you have in your head that never get voiced. And then think about someone else's deepest, darkest thoughts and then combine them because that is a relationship. And that is so weird. Like Pete Holmes um, talks about a, a philosopher that said some part of your brain, some little part of your brain, every time you go to the top of the bridge with someone thinks, well, what would happen if I just pushed them off? We're not going to the Golden Gate Bridge yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But the idea being that those those types of thoughts are there for everyone and, and that there's so much going on and you're sharing all of that with someone that is a lot. And that's why relationships like are so different than let's say, you know, the the more relaxed thing you might have with your, you know, someone that you barely see or, or that you're close with, but you barely see. And so for us at COVID, like we were together all the time and it brought together, you know, for me, um, you know, probably goes back to my childhood. I have like this deep need of, for things to be okay and not to let people down um, and, and, you know, to be things to be perfect or whatever, which you could imagine probably if you hear me talk, right? <laughs> well, I think like you struggle to talk about the things that are hard. Yeah, exactly. And for me, it's like, I love talking about the things that are hard because it's like, for me, I want to know it's like, it's like talking problem about solving like, kind of, yeah, exactly. It. It's like, I want you to give me like constructive feedback. Like I want to know how to be a better wife. Like I want to learn from this, but at the same point in time, like I want to share those things with you too. It's like, I want this to be a journey that we're navigating together. And like, I don't think you've ever been comfortable with that. But again, I think that's like a product of your upbringing. But again, like, so getting back to March, which was when we started going through some like yeah. difficult times together, I was like, David, like, I need to have these conversations with yeah. you. Like everything can't be perfect and amazing and beautiful all the time because that's not life. And like, if we try to force that onto our relationship, like this relationship isn't going to work. And I think I said that to you and it like took yeah. you like by major surprise. Well, and I, and I flipped it around on you too. And I was like, you need to be able to accept unconditional love and that you are enough, you know, in these things that we talk about, like with mental health and you, and I was like, the same thing goes like, if you can't, if that's not for you, that's not for you. Like that's just, but that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I think for me, like I've always struggled with that. Like, yeah. I don't think I've been a person like, 
I don't want someone to tell me that I'm perfect all the time when I don't feel like I've earned it. Or I don't want someone to be like, you're enough, you're perfect. You don't have to do anything. Like you're amazing the way you are. And I like, I really appreciate that. But like back in March, that's not what I wanted to hear because I was like, well, I want to know how to be better. I want to know how to be a better wife. Like I don't want to be perfect. And I think like thinking back to my upbringing, like I just pushed back against that. And it was such an important conversation for us to have for me to embrace that unconditional love because I think it's actually like a superpower and I need to get better at embracing it. But again, it's a superpower for me to actually be able to feel emotions and like let those things And Maybe it, it also is like, stereotypical male female, who knows, but we were both on our mental health journeys and that intersected in a time. And it's like, we're together all the time and we have to face this. Yeah. And I think it was the best thing that's ever happened. So it wasn't, and it, a, took, a, it took a couple of months. Like it wasn't like, it was like, we had were one still, conversation yeah. and it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, we're, we're dandy and good. It took a couple of months of like really getting down to the nitty gritty of like me having to embrace unconditional love and you having to, to embrace like difficult emotions or sad emotions or tough emotions. And it was like quite a journey. Yeah. Quite a journey. And you know, obviously it's one that we're always on because it's our personal mental health journeys interacting with each other and how we are a team and things. Um, but you know, to, for Megan, like she, the whole time was able to show me that background, like love, even when I'm sure it was difficult. And like, I hope I did the same for you. And, you know, now we're way better than things have ever been because there's, we didn't, I don't think we even realized there was unstated things that were there. Right. Like, um, I think it was building to a head. Like it got to the point, like where, when we had this COVID COVID was the head, I like freaked out. I was like, David, I cannot deal with this anymore. Like we have to have hard conversations. And it just like, it built up to this point because we didn't have that like set communication structure that we have now. Yeah. And now I feel like there's just this full lightness. Like we're able to talk about hard things because I can handle it. And Megan's able to accept that when I say she's perfect, I fucking mean it. And like that, you know, there's a lot more going on, but like, I have never been happier in my entire life, but that required a lot of pain. And I'm sure there'll be other moments like that in the future. But, and I think to, to zoom it out, every relationship has this, like we get to, we get front row seats into other relationships and we see this stuff all the time, right? Like, and I think um, if you never watched the show Fleabag, watch it because in Fleabag, she talks to the camera with that internal monologue I was talking about, those dirty, deep, deep dark secrets. And the cool thing about that show is it shows that once you bring this into the open, it's very disorienting and very interesting, but it also leads to the personal growth that that character sees. Um, And Megan's given me that place of like, you can talk about this stuff that is in your head. Um, And it's so meaningful and cool. And I also think like it's made me a better person and coach and, and it, but it required a lot of things that I was super uncomfortable with and honestly still am like talking about it's hard. Yeah. And I think it's like, we've established this like judgment free zone where it's like, I know like our relationship at this point is grounded on intentions. Like you have amazing, incredible intentions. And I, hope I have good intentions. And it's like, so like, I give you that leeway. Like if you say something or like, if you have a hard time expressing emotions, it's like, okay, I know your intentions are there. I think back to like your childhood, your past. And I like ground it in like the struggles that you're having. And, um, I think like that judgment free zone for us, has just been really, yeah. And this podcast bloomed in the, like whatever came out of that situation, right? Like Megan and I now have this I mean, I know you forgive me for everything and I forgive you for everything, whatever that thing, those things are, because you, you know, the being human is screwing up constantly. We're all fucking up all the time, at least in the sense of like, you know, from an outsider's perspective, that was a weird thing to say or whatever it is. And that's like, when you're with someone all the time, particularly in COVID, those things are going to happen all the, like all the freaking time. And it just requires, it's like running in that it's a constant recommitment to, to the idea of the relationship. And I think that that's been the really powerful thing is every morning we try to wake up and it's like, okay, 
Let's just, let's hug, let's hug, let's be there for each other all day. And when we're not, let's still commit to it. Just like you have bad runs and that's okay. I love that idea of recommitment and also like calling the other person out in that recommitment process. So I remember one morning when I came up and I just was like, did not sleep well the night before, like wasn't feeling good, honestly. And I gave you like a one-armed hug and you're like, Megan, it's a two-armed hug. And that to me was like, that was the first time that you had actually called me out on like commitment. And I needed that in that moment. And I think it was like powerful for you too, because like, you're not, even though you're a lawyer, you're like the worst person at dealing with conflict ever. And it was like, I think it was helpful for you to see my response to that. Oh, it was so helpful. And I think it gets back to like the big idea that's almost cliche, but we're all growing all the time and changing. Right. And so in a relationship, you're growing together. Like these unstated things that Megan and I had before weren't all that relevant because we were at different points in our lives and, you know, all other things took precedent. It was the best thing ever. At least it felt that way. But as we grew, these things that were brewing came, you know, we're always waiting to bubble up to the surface and they did. And the idea is like, can you grow together? Can you do that work both on yourself and on the relationship to make it happen? And I mean, that's not a question of like success or failure. Like if a really, you know, hopefully we're together forever until we die. Like I want to be, I want to hold your hand on our last breath. Like it's like the, oh, all, that's I, so beautiful. all I want in the world, though, hopefully not anytime soon, hopefully not at the top of a bridge. Um, but like, you know, for, for people out there that have had relationships that haven't worked, that doesn't mean it's an unsuccessful relationship either. Like it means that you just grew in different directions and that's okay too. And I think there's a great analogy in running for relationships. Like I think relationships are truly ultra running. Like yeah. you're rolling the you're rolling the dice of variables of two humans at the same time. And sometimes like you also have to know when to DNS, when to DNF. And like, yeah. that's like a very important thing. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, you know, when you talk about relationships, every relationship is 1000% different. We can't, we don't know shit. We're going to have kids and that'll change everything. Um, but wherever you are right now, know that not only are you not alone, it's okay. Like, you know, you don't need to have a partner to be fulfilled. You don't need to have, you know, the a marriage, a perfect marriage to be fulfilled because there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. Or maybe the only imperfect marriage is an imperfect na- na- marriage that acknowledges that it's imperfect. I love that. I freaking love that. Thanks everyone. We love you guys. Woo-hoo! Bye.